Hey there, Grace Way Nation. We're so excited that you could join us today. I'm so excited to be speaking to you today, and I believe that God has given me a message that's going to help you grow. But I must warn you that this message may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And the fact is that every time we encounter the Word of God and it challenges us, He's challenging us to grow into becoming who He has created you to be. So don't run away from the uncomfortableness of this message. Embrace it. As I was preparing the message, I was being challenged and I felt uncomfortable, but God was challenging me to grow into who He created me to be. So let's grow. Let's get into God's Word today. And I want to challenge you. Embrace the uncomfortableness. Embrace the challenge. Step into it because God wants you to be who He has created you to be. So let's get into the Word. I'm reading from Judges 6, 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, their Bezerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? That will preach. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. Now, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites. And I want to zoom in to verse 14, and it says the following. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Would you type that in the comment section? Go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Would you type that in the comment section? Am I not sending you? And I want to preach from this thought. You've been sent. You've been sent. Would you type a text message to your friend and tell them, Hey friend, you've been sent. Come and learn how God sends us. You've been sent. And have you ever been sent to do something? Maybe at your workplace, your boss sent you to lead a team. And you felt so responsible, you felt so important, you had energy and the excitement. Or maybe you're a teenager right now and your parents send you all the time to fix the TV because they don't know what's happening you know, with the connections, with Netflix and all of these things. And maybe they're even sending you to fix their Zoom because they've never been on a Zoom room, right? Growing up, when I got my driver's license, I was so excited. Because now my parents would send me to run their groceries, to run errands for them. And I was so excited to do it. They would send me to pick up my little brother or pick up my little sister or pick up some groceries or take them somewhere. I would always put my hand out because I wanted, one, to drive, but I loved the sense of responsibility. However, a few months later, that sense of responsibility began to feel like a drag because now I became the household taxi driver. And I love my parents. We love you parents. But sometimes when we're sent to do something, it's not that we lack the ability. Sometimes we just lack the energy. It's not that we lack the ability to do the task that we've been sent to do. We just feel like we don't want to do it. Or maybe sometimes you could be sent by your boss to do something. You don't lack the energy. You lack the confidence to carry out the objective. You lack the confidence. You don't believe you can do it. And maybe God has been pushing you to start a business. You don't lack the energy. You don't lack the excitement. You lack the courage to step out because you're afraid of failure. And Gideon is in a similar place. Today we find Gideon in a place where God is sending him to do something, but he feels like he doesn't have the courage to do it. And what you need to understand is that Gideon lived in a terror-filled time. The Midianites were terrorizing the Israelites. The Israelites were God's chosen people. God had taken them out of Egypt, brought them to the promised land, and now they're in the promised land, but they're facing opposition. What the Midianites would do, they would go from every place the Israelites were, they would take their food, they would take their family members, they were desolated, and now the Israelites are in hiding. They're in mountains and caves. And they're starved out. They don't have any food because they don't have places to live because of the Midianites. 
And what you need to understand is that this had been happening for a seven-year period. And God was allowing this to happen because the Israelites had begun to start worshiping their own gods. They had created idols and begun worshiping these idols instead of worshiping the one true God that had taken them out of Egypt into the promised land. And there is a message within this message. When God takes you out of your Egypt into your promised land, do not forget to worship him. Do not forget to serve him. Don't focus primarily on the gifts. Focus on the giver of the gifts. And the Israelites had been warned by many prophets that they needed to stop worshiping this other God that they'd created. They needed to go back and repent and worship the one true God, but they didn't listen. And over some time, over a period, they then finally said, okay, God, help us out. And God continued to allow them to be punished for what they had done. And then finally, he decided to do something. And here he calls in Gideon to be the person that God uses to get them out of the situation. And I must say this to you. Anytime God wants to do something significant here on the earth, he will raise up an individual to carry out his purposes for him. An angel of the Lord finds Gideon. And he sends him out for a very specific job, a very specific purpose. Gideon wasn't lacking the energy. He wasn't lacking the motivation because he had gotten tired of the Midianites taking their food. He didn't lack any of those things. He lacked the confidence and the courage to believe that he could do it. What Gideon lacked was the ability to see himself as a warrior. But God sent him and I'm here to tell someone here today you are sent by God you are sent by God God has sent you to be a representative of God and influence the world you've been called to be a light to carry the light of the gospel to carry the light of Christ every single place you go and I think there's this incorrect notion that the only way to purpose and living a life of purpose. The only way you can do that is by serving in the church as a pastor, as a worship leader, as an usher, as a children's ministry head, as a media team representative, and I'm not against all of those things. In fact, it is in the church that I grew in my level of leadership, discipline, and excellence. The church is essential for those aspects for you to grow and serve God, but it does not end there. It doesn't end there. The purpose of the church is not for you to stay in the church. The purpose of the church is for you to be encouraged, empowered in the things of God, and equipped to go out into the world and be a representative of God. You've been sent. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16 states the following. It says this in the message version. I love the message version of this verse. It says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven my friend you have been sent to be a light to be a city on a hill to bring out the god colors in this world if you are in the education field if you are a teacher you've been sent to be a light in that school that you're in every day you walk into that campus every day you walk into your classroom you have been called to be a city on a hill to bring out the god colors to your students if god has called you into the church and to be a church leader you have been called to be a light, to be a city on a hill, to bring out the God colors in your local church. If God has called you to have a family and we all are in a family, regardless of our situation, you've been called to be a light. You are a light to your family. Your family is watching you. They're watching what you say, what you do, how you handle them. You've been called to be a light, to bring out the God colors in the world. If you've been called to business, you've been called to be a light, to be a city on a hill, to lead with excellence and integrity and generosity. If you've been called to government and military, you've been called to be a light 
to show what true courage looks like and what selflessness looks like. If you've been called to arts, the entertainment and media, you've been called to be a light, to be a city on the hill, to bring out the God colors in the world, to shape media and entertainment, to show the God values in media and entertainment that actually shape our culture. You've been called to be a light. You've been sent. You've been sent, my friend to bring excellence, integrity, innovation, kindness, gentleness, goodness, everything that is God, you've been called to bring it out wherever you go. Gideon comes onto the scene. God wants to save the Israelites, and God is sending Gideon to do this. And what you must understand about Gideon's family is that Gideon's family was worshiping Baal, that man-made God. But however, Gideon was not doing that. The angel of the Lord finds Gideon in a winepress. Threshing wheat. What you must understand that Gideon is in a place that is not fit for his purpose. That will preach. Gideon is in a place that is not fit for his purpose. He is threshing wheat when in a wine press. A wine press is where you press wine. You're supposed to thresh wheat out in the open, but he's so scared that he's doing that in the wine press. And the angel of the Lord says to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And the first point I have for you today is that, one, you have potential. The angel of the Lord sees Gideon's potential. It was at this time in his life when we are about at the lowest point in our lives that God sees our potential. The angel of the Lord climbed down into the winepress and called out Gideon to get out of hiding to step into what God had called him to do. And I want to say thank God that he doesn't define us at the level of our circumstances. He doesn't define us at the level of our condition. He doesn't define us at the level of our issue. He doesn't define us at the level of our lack. He calls us out at the level he sees us. He calls us out. He calls out potential in us at the level he sees us. That's why God says in his word, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. He says, I am the head and not the tail. You are the head and not the tail. So some of you need to stop saying that you can't and start saying Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of you need to stop saying you don't have money and start quoting Philippians 4 verse 19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. Some of you need to stop saying that you're fearful and start proclaiming and speaking to yourself. Second Timothy 1 verse 7 that says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Life and death reside in the tongue. And what I want to ask you today, the way that you speak about yourself is the way you see yourself. So what are you saying about yourself? The way you speak about yourself is the way you see yourself. So what have you been saying to yourself lately? What have you been saying to yourself lately? And I think a lot of the time we identify ourselves and speak to ourselves at the level of our lack, the level of our condition, at the level of our circumstances, at the level of our limited thinking. But God sees us and speaks to us at the level of our potential. He sees us the way he sees Christ. He says, you are victorious, you are blessed, you are rich, you are healed, you are mighty, you are loved. And maybe today is the day to get your words, the words that you speak about yourself, maybe today is the day that they need to come into alignment with what God says about you. And the only way that you can find that is in God's word. Second question I have for you is, where are you hiding? Gideon was in a wine press threshing wheat. I said that he was in a place that wasn't built for his purpose. And the angel of the Lord is calling him out as a potential of who he sees him as, not in his current circumstance. And I want to ask you, where are you hiding? Are you hiding in the wine press of despair? Are you hiding in past disappointments? Are you hiding in rejection and fear? Are you hiding in shame? Are you hiding in the thoughts and opinions of your peers? Are you hiding in depression? And are you hiding in doubt? 
God was calling Gideon out because he didn't want Gideon to stay in a place that wasn't fit for who God had called him to be. I believe today God is calling you out of hiding. He's calling you out to step into who he created you to be for you to begin to see the potential you have because of what God says about you. But will you get out of the winepress of despair, of discouragement, of doubt, of uncertainty? God is calling you out for more. The angel of the Lord speaks to Gideon and says, you're a mighty warrior. It's time to get out of this place. And Gideon begins to give excuses. And he says, no way, you must have the wrong person. There are other mighty warriors in the land. And he didn't see himself as a mighty warrior. You see, he's making excuses and comparing himself to someone else, but God sees him for who he is. And a lot of the time, we make excuses when God sends us out. We say we're not qualified. We say we don't have the right connections. We don't have the money. But God isn't looking at your circumstances. He's looking at what he's already deposited in you. You need to step into it. Gideon was so filled with despair that he kept reiterating the problems that he saw. The problems just rolled out of his mouth. He even said the following. He says, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hands of the Midianites. Gideon was so filled with despair, he kept reiterating these problems. And this is the way we are when we're living in our problems, when we're hiding in despair and discouragement. All we ever do is talk about our problems. And what happens is as we begin to speak about our problems, we live then in our problems. Remember, the power of life and death reside in the tongue. So as you begin to speak about the circumstance you're in, you end up residing in that circumstance. Because life and death are in the tongue. The angel did not pay attention to Gideon's excuses. The angel didn't listen to the excuses. Instead, he kept calling Gideon out of hiding. And he kept saying, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I want to challenge you today by saying this. Stop making excuses and get out. Stop making all the excuses that you can never do anything, that you're not qualified, and just get out and go with what God has told you. Start walking in the potential that God sees you as. There's a story of Michelangelo. He's been ordered to paint the Sistine Chapel. They have a meeting, and they're asking to do this, and they're going to give him resources for it. And he says, guys, I can't do this. My specialty is painting on canvas. That's where I reside. I'm not willing to take on this project. They keep pushing in and saying, you need to do this. Otherwise, there'll be some devastating circumstances or devastating issues that may arise. And so Michelangelo decides, okay, he puts these paint together and mixes these colors and went to work. And today we have one of the most amazing paintings of Michelangelo in the Sistine Chapel. It's one of the world's finest paintings. At some point, it was one of the wonders of the world. And I love this quote. It says, There are few people who realize what possibilities are locked up within them until some necessity compels them to attempt something they have always considered impossible. Gideon continuously made excuses at first, but as he took the next step and took the next step, his courage began to grow. He began to see himself the way God had chosen him. I want to challenge you with this today. You have potential. But I need you to get your thinking into agreement with what God says about you. You need to get your thinking into agreement with what God says about you. You have potential. My second point is that action. Action is a requirement. The angel of the Lord turned to Gideon and said, go, go. And I like this quote that says, there are two kinds of people in this world, those that are on the move and those that are going no place. Have you felt like God is pushing you to take a decision, but you're so fearful and you don't want to take the next step, and so you're stuck in a place and stagnant in a place that God told you to move on from? And I think we faced, because of COVID-19, 
and the uncertainty we face as a global population, and the constant changing and the constant news we get about COVID-19, I found that a lot of individuals are making so many decisions in the day. And even in my own life as a leader in my company, we're constantly making new decisions, and there's so much uncertainty, and we're constantly having to make a decision after decision. And what I've noticed, a lot of people and a lot of leaders around the world are in this place of analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis is, describes an individual or group process where overanalyzing or overthinking a situation can cause forward motion or decision-making to become paralyzed, meaning that no solution or course of action is decided upon. Analysis paralysis, another definition says, is when the fear of either making an error or forging a superior solution outweighs their realistic expectation or potential value of success in a decision made in a timely manner. Because of COVID-19, a lot of people have had to make quick decisions, and sometimes people get stuck in indecision, and now we have a lot of people stuck in analysis paralysis. Are you in analysis paralysis? Are you facing a decision today, or are you in a situation that requires you to make a decision and go in the direction, but as a result of analysis paralysis, you're overthinking, overanalyzing the situation, you become fearful of taking the next step that God has called you to take, and you've found yourself becoming paralyzed and stuck in a place where God has already given you the next step. The angel of the Lord was trying to get Gideon in the right frame of mind where he was going someplace and not going no place fast. You need to go. You need to go. Just type that in this comment section. You need to go. Ecclesiastes 11, 4, verse 6 says the following. He who watches the way, waiting for all conditions to be perfect, will not sow seed. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap a harvest. What this verse is basically saying is that if you wait for the perfect conditions to plant a seed, and a seed could be a decision, you will not reap the benefits of the harvest of that decision. And I want to ask you today, what step do you need to take to get out of analysis paralysis? Maybe you've been contemplating starting a business, and you want to serve people, and you want to build wealth for your family, and you've been contemplating, how do I do this? Are people even going to buy the product? And as a result, you're overanalyzing, overthinking the situation. You become paralyzed and fearful to make the next step. Maybe the next step is just to register the business. Maybe God has been pushing you to close the business. He's been pushing you to close the business because now you have tied your identity to this business. And so it gives you a sense of purpose and meaning that should only come from God. And God has been telling you, you need to close this business because I have something better for you. But you're not letting go. You're overthinking, overanalyzing. What are people going to think about me? How am I going to do the next thing? And you become paralyzed in making a decision. Maybe you need to ask that girl out again. Maybe the first day, the second day, third day didn't go so well. And you still feel like you have a chance, but you're overanalyzing, overthinking the situation, and you become paralyzed and you're not making the decision. Just go and send that text. Go, take action, step out, move in faith. The third point I have for you today is that God takes weakness and turns it into strength. God takes weakness and turns it into strength. I love what the angel of the Lord says. He says, go, remember, take action, move, step up, get out of analysis paralysis. And then he says the following, in the strength you have. Woo! In the strength you have. At first when I read this, I thought about Gideon. He is in a wine press. He's fearful. He's scared. Maybe the angel of the Lord had seen him and say, maybe this guy doesn't have a lot of strength. Maybe I should just have to go in that little strength that he has. But as I began to get into the Word of God, God began to show me things. And what I want to say is that we do need to begin with what we have and where we're at. It's essential. And that's true. I'm all about using your gifts, your talents, abilities that God has given you. But when God is asking you to do something, He's going to equip you. 
He's going to equip you to do the job far more better than you would in your own strength. And other verses in the Bible quote, go in the strength you have is the following. The Amplified says, go in this your might. King James Version says, go in this thy might. NLB says, I will make you strong. And God reminded me of Hebrews 11, 32 to 34. It says this, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and rerouted foreign armies. This verse is clearly stating that what man could have seen as weakness, God turned into strength. What man could have seen as weakness in Gideon's life, God turned it into strength. There's a story of a woman who's on a flight, and on this flight, she's getting a little bit airsick. And as the flight is approaching the destination, this landing sequence, she begins to droop over, and the air hostess comes to her and says, Hey, ma'am, you need to sit up. You need to get your act together. You need to buckle up your seat, get your act together, because we are now landing the plane. The air hostess puts her arm underneath this woman, so she helps her to sit upright, to buckle up her seat, and now the, the stewardess was able to help this lady finish the trip in a far better condition than she had began. And this is what the ministry of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us to help us when we're hopeless, when we feel defeated. He encourages us. He corrects us. He restores hope and faith in our lives. And I want to read to you the thing that God showed me, John 14, 16 to 17. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, strengthener. When I read this, I was shocked. The Holy Spirit is a strengthener. The angel of the Lord says, go in the strength that you have, but previously, before the angel said, go in the strength that you have, the angel told Gideon that the Lord would be with him. And could it be that the strength that Gideon was promised was the promise of the Lord's presence with him? Could it be that the strength Gideon was promised by the angel was the promise of the Lord's presence with him? And if we have God's presence with us, God's presence is the Holy Spirit. This will qualify us to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to do what God has called you to do. The Holy Spirit is a strengthener. God gave Gideon the qualifications he needed to execute the task of leading an army to defeat the Midianites. And the reason we often struggle with this is most of the time we're focusing on handling the condition, the situation, the circumstance, our business, our job, our family. We're trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to do it in our own might. We're trying to do it in our own abilities. And when things don't feel like they're moving forward, we're asking God, what's happening here? Could it be the reason that you're stuck in this place that you're on today? Stuck in your job where you feel like you're pushing more than everyone else, but you're being overlooked. Could it be that you're going in your strength, relying on your abilities, your education, your talent, instead of the strength that is found in God through the power of the Holy Spirit? Maybe you're stuck in your business. Your business is not moving forward and you've been doing everything that you could with your education, your own money, your own energy. And at the end of the day, nothing is moving forward. Could it be that you've been going at this in your own strength, in your own mind, instead of fully relying on the presence of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Whose strength are you going in? Are you going with your own strength, your own abilities, your own talents, your own credentials, your own qualifications, your own intellect? Or are you relying fully on the Holy Spirit and His unlimited power 
to work in and through your life. The Lord strengthens us by his presence that we are equipped. We've got the keys, as DJ Khaled says. We've got the keys. You must understand the moment you choose to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, might, strength, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The strength that Gideon possessed was not his own little strength, but he was clothed with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to accomplish what God could only do. Our weakness is turned to strength when we go and rely on the Holy Spirit. He is our strengthener. The fourth point is that you've got to recognize that God is with you. You've got to recognize that the Lord is with you. Gideon recognizes that God is with him, but before he could recognize, he kept asking the angel for a sign so he could just verify if this was God and as the angel of the Lord kept confirming those signs he began to recognize that God was with him and have you found yourself trying to make a decision and then you say Lord give me a sign give me a sign if I should marry this girl give me a sign the sign that I want Lord God is what you say the sign that I want that she needs to reply to my message with I love you and then I'll know this girl she's the one and when the girl doesn't respond or God doesn't give you that sign you back away but actually it was your lack of courage that was stopping you from moving forward and listen I am not against getting a sign from God I am all for getting a confirmation from God but I think a lot of the times as Christians we hide behind this sign thing, right? We're constantly waiting for a sign and we hide behind the fact that we can go and trust God. And so we always wait on a sign before we act on what God has already told us to do. And what happens as Christians, every time they say, Lord, give me a sign, you stay stuck in bad relationships, situationships, entanglements, bad business relationships because you're waiting from a sign from God when you need to take the next step because God has already told you to do it but you're afraid of making a mistake. You're afraid of making the wrong decision. I want you to understand the Lord is with you already. He will guide you. He will give you wisdom. He will show you which direction to take but you just need to take the next step. Gideon sometimes was so unsure of what God told him, so he kept asking for signs. And like I said, I'm not against you getting a confirmation from God, but don't hide from making a decision. Don't sit in indecision because you're constantly waiting for a sign from God. When God is already with you, He's your comforter, He is your guide, the Holy Spirit is with you, He's your strength, and He will give you wisdom to make that decision. You just need to trust in God. Trust him to lead you to make the right decision. Gideon was, like I mentioned, was so unsure at times. Sometimes he knew that God was with him. Sometimes he felt like he was making the wrong decision and this thing was going to fail. It's understandable. Doubt is a part of life. But what I need to tell you, don't sit in doubt. Don't sit in doubt. Don't sit in discouragement. Don't sit in despair. Don't sit in uncertainty. Don't sit in indecision. Recognize that God is with you so you can take the next step. You can make the decision because God is going to guide you through it all. God is with you. My last point as I close is you need to reduce and release for God to do more. You need to reduce and release for God to do more. Gideon has now accepted the challenge. He understands that the Lord is with him. He has asked for sign after sign. God has confirmed everything. He's going in the strength that he has, which is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And he calls out 
for men to come and fight with him. 32,000 men put their hand up. And he rounds them up. And now they get to where the Midianites are camping. And as he gets there, the Lord says to him, You have too many men, Gideon. These men will boast that they defeated the Midianites. So we need to cut down and reduce the men. So what I need you to say to the men is, if anyone is scared of fighting, let them go back. And Gideon says this to the men, and 22,000 men left. Imagine that. Gideon is now left with 10,000 men. And God does the math again. He runs the numbers and he says, Gideon, still, too many men. We've got to cut them down. They're going to think that they did it in their own strength. And so God tells Gideon, take the men to the river, and any men who drink the water like dogs, like you don't have dogs, I'm not going to show it to you because I, I just don't think it's something you want to see right now. But dogs lick water with their tongue. So God says, separate the men who drink the water with their tongue, and then separate the men who like civilians, <laughs> civilized human beings, cup the water and drink it from their hands. And Gideon separated the men. And the men that did that were 300 men that drank water like dogs. Gideon was now left with an army of 300 men that drank water like dogs. In fact, the movie 300 came from this biblical account. But can you put yourself in Gideon's shoes? You had 32,000 men ready to take on the Midianite army. God cuts it down to 10,000. Then he tells you to cut it down further and you have 300 men that drink water like dogs. What are you feeling like? And what you need to understand is that our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not God's ways. His ways are higher than your thoughts. And at times, God will ask you to do something where the math does not add up. In your human understanding, in your understanding of physics and education and all of these things, it doesn't make sense, but God has asked you to do it. And the question is, will you trust and obey? Will you take God at His word and not your experience and not your understanding and not your education and not what you've been taught through pop culture? Will you trust and obey? Gideon didn't want God to have too many people because they would all brag and glorify themselves and not God. God reduced their numbers and crafted a battle plan that would leave no doubt about the source of their victory. Gideon had cut down his men to 300 men. God was like, we can do this now. And Gideon needed to reduce the men to 300 and release control of the situation for God to do more. What do you need to reduce and release in your life for God to do more? Maybe you need to release control in your life. You had pictured your life being in a particular place when you got to a particular age, and now that that hasn't happened, you feel discouraged, and you're sitting in discouragement, and God cannot do more in your life because you are stuck in a place of discouragement and a place of where you're trying to control everything in your life. Maybe you need to release and reduce control. Maybe you need to release pride. Maybe you're so prideful that God cannot take you to the next level of influence, the next level of leadership. He cannot even take your business to the next level because you're still carrying pride. Maybe you need to release anger. Maybe you have so much pent-up anger and resentment from someone that was close to you that has hurt you. And so God cannot move you to the next level in your life and do more in your life because you are still carrying. Maybe you need to release and reduce negative thoughts in your life. Because every time God gives you an innovative idea, the negative thoughts, your negative thinking, hinders you from acting out on the God-given innovation and solution. Maybe you need to release negative thinking in your life. Whatever it is, reduce and release and make room for God to do. When you reduce and release anything in your life, you're making room for God to do more in and through you. 
but I also want to say that God takes small things and does something big. God has a way of taking something small and doing something big. And when you do things without God in your own strength, in your own thinking, your own capacity, your own education, you have a way of taking something big and doing something small. David and Goliath. This is small versus big. He has three smooth stones. Small stones and a slingshot. And he came up to a 12-foot Goliath and he slung it and he killed him. God took something small and did something big. There was a woman who gave two small coins for her tithes and offerings in the house of the Lord. And Jesus was there that day and he says to everyone, this woman has given more than anyone here because she gave all that she had. Something small. God did something big. Jesus fed over 5,000 people. This little boy, his mother had prepared five loaves of bread with two fish. And he brought it to the disciples. And Jesus blesses it. And he breaks it. Something small became something big. Jesus fed of 5,000 people and there were 12 baskets of leftovers. Something small turned into something big. And you might be thinking, God, I don't have anything to offer. I want to encourage you and say, you're in a good place. Because with God, less is more. Less is more. God is glorified by making much of little. He does this to demonstrate his power and promote his glory. Gideon didn't graduate from the army. He didn't graduate from special forces. He wasn't an FBI agent. He didn't know how to use a sniper gun. This man was hiding in a wine press. But the angel of the Lord found him and called out his potential. And Gideon went in the strength that he had filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit with 300 men. God got the victory that day. God got all of the glory. What you need to understand is that God doesn't need us, but he chooses us. He doesn't need us. God didn't need Gideon to fight the Midianites. He could have just thrown down fire from heaven, burned them to a crisp. But he decides to choose a man who in the eyes of others is insignificant. In the eyes of himself, he's insignificant. But God wanted to use him to show forth his glory. And God wants to use you, my friend, to show off and promote his glory. Will you allow him to do so? God is not dependent on us. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our prayers to accomplish his purposes. We desperately need God. We need more of His grace. We need more of His power. We need more of His favor. We need Him. He does not need us. We are dependent on Him. And our involvement in His work is not a necessity. It is a privilege. It is a privilege to partner with God, to accomplish things on this earth so that He can get the glory. And God invites us to participate with Him to accomplish his purposes here on earth. I want to ask you today as I close, how do you identify with Gideon? Maybe like Gideon, you don't see yourself the way God sees you. You don't see the potential that you have. Maybe you've been hiding in despair and discouragement as Gideon was hiding in a wine press. He was hiding in a place that was not fit for his purpose, and you could be hiding in a place in your life where it's not fit for your purpose. God has so much more in store for you, but you have remained there. You're stuck. Maybe you're stuck in analysis paralysis and have been paralyzed by indecision. Maybe you need to reduce and release things in your life for God to do more. Maybe today is the day for you to restore. Gideon, knowing that he didn't have the potential, he still went, he still responded, he still took step by step, day by day, trusting and dependent on God. And God got the glory at the end of the day 
And I want to ask you today, have you responded to what God is calling you to do? I believe even as I'm speaking right now, God is reminding you of what He's called you to do. Maybe you need to start a business. Maybe you need to close a business. Maybe you just need to send a text to that girl that you really like. Maybe you need to go back to school. Maybe you need to start a nonprofit or social enterprise, something that's been tugging on your heart to serve a community in your area. God has told you something. He's told you to do something so that he can get the glory through you. Will you respond? I love this quote that says the following. Pile up enough tomorrows and you'll find that you've collected nothing but a lot of empty yesterdays. Pile up enough tomorrows and you'll find that you've collected nothing but a lot of empty yesterdays. We don't want to get to the end of our life collected nothing but a lot of yesterdays. A lot of yesterdays just need to keep us only to do the thing God has called you to do. You say, no, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it another day. And I believe today God needs you to respond. He's calling you to step into the purpose and the assignment that He has for you and she to do. You need to understand that you have potential. See yourself the way God sees you. That is found in God's word. You need to act. You need to act more. And get out of the masses, perhaps. Take a step of faith. One step at a time. Knowing that the Lord is with you. God, recognize that God turns weakness into strength. When you go, with the Holy Spirit. turns weakness into strength. When you go, with the Holy Spirit. Recognize that God is with you. The Lord is with you. The Holy Spirit is guiding you. The comfort is you. Strengthen and lost need to reduce and release for God to do more. Reduce and release for God to do more. God is with you. So go in the strength you have. God is with you. God is with you. Take comfort in knowing that the Lord is with you. The ruler of heaven and earth, today he is with you. So go. Go with what you have. Know that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. And understand that you have been sent. I want to pray. I want to pray for you today if you feel like God is attacking you make a decision. I specifically want to pray for people who are hiding in discouragement or despair, past hurts. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would really help these individuals who find themselves like you hiding in a place that was not faithful in hurts. I pray that today that you will strengthen them with the power of the Holy Spirit to get out of despair, to get out of discouragement, to get out of doubt and step into what God has called them to struggling with analysis, perhaps this Holy Spirit, would you help them to make a decision that tomorrow morning when they get to work, when they get to their business, when they sit with their family that they make a decision and as they make the decision, you will move on their behalf. I pray for individuals, Lord, that haven't seen themselves the way you see them. I pray that this week they will spend more time in your word allowing the word of God to permeate their minds. And as they read the word and understand that they are called blessed, that they are called healed, that they are the head and not the tail, they'll begin to walk in the reality of that truth. And I pray for anyone who needs to reduce and release for you, God, to do more in their life. I pray that you give them the courage to let go of relationships that they shouldn't be in, to let go of pride, to let go of insecurity, to let go of anything that they're holding on that gives them a sense of security and purpose that is not you. I pray that they will reduce and release, and in this week, they'll see you. Thank you, Lord, that you have sent us for a specific purpose to bring out the God colors in this world, to be his light and a city on a hill, not hidden, but to shine a light and be representative for you. Would you empower us to do that each and every day? 
pray for you today. Maybe today the response that you need to make is that you need to give your life to God. Maybe as I've been praying about this, maybe you had a good relationship with God at a time, but you've kind of stepped back from Him. Maybe like the Israelites, God took you out of something, worshiping the promise of that, but now you're worshiping the gifts and not the giver of the gift. Maybe today you want to rededicate your life. Maybe you never heard about Jesus. But today you want to be used by God. And to be used by God, you need to be a child of God. And maybe the response you need to make is to decide today to become a Christian. I want to help you today. I want to help you to make that decision that will change the trajectory of your life. Maybe today you want to let go of selfishness. You want to let go of drug dealing. You want to let go of the ego that you've been carrying. And you want to come in to the abundant life, eternal life, after Jesus. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I confess all my sins. I ask you to please forgive me. I confess that Jesus, you are the Lord, that you died and rose again. And it is only through you that I have eternal life. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life today. I respond to that call. I want to step into this great life that is found only in you, Jesus. In your name I pray. If you make that decision, the Bible says that heaven is celebrating because a child of God, someone has given their life to Christ, which is you. You make that decision today. Heaven is celebrating because you have become part of God's kingdom. You become, become part of a representative to shine your light everywhere you go. If you make that decision, would you text save to the number below? Would you text save in the comment section? We just want to connect with you. We want to help you on the process to help you grow to help you to navigate this new life that you're living and help you get plugged into a local community wherever you are. So text SAVE to the number below and we will assist you. God bless you. Remember that the Lord is with you. Go in the strength that you have and remember that you've been set. Amen.